0: Welcome everybody to a new episode of La Magica, it's episode 135 if I'm not mistaken and uh, your usual host Scott Monroe, he's not here, he's in Rome as you probably got uh, catching in the last episode on the social media. So its uh, I am Imran, I'm uh, here instead of Scott and I have with me today Daniel, welcome.
1: Thanks Imran, great to be here, yeah.
0: Yeah, so I, th- I thought we can just uh, get straight to it while Scott is enjoying his uh, trip to Rome, been posting some fun uh, tweets. And uh, so, yeah, uh, first off, I, I thought we can start with the, the Juventus game on Saturday, uh, then the Monza game, and uh, lastly the Europa League draw. The reaction, what we think, and then we have we got actually quite a few listeners' questions. Today, so so we'll take them as well. So I I, th- I think we can start with the Juventus game. What do you think about the uh, the game, the performance, the result on Saturday? Um,
1: I think maybe you'd agree, but you know, going into the game, I probably would have taken a, a draw, considering how bad our record is uh, at the uh, Juventus Stadium. I forget the sponsor that's uh, got the rights to it, but we've had a bad record there over the last. Uh, decade or so. And so I probably would have taken a point, but then that being said, the performance of the first half was a bit, uh, a bit worrying Um, and building off the two games before that, it started to look, you know, that we were not really, uh, I mean, we started the season with like seven points there, but not playing the best football. And in the second half, only really threatening, I would say from that, that uh, corner Uh, that we got the goal from. Again, another set-piece goal, which is fine, but um, struggling to create chances uh, out of the open. And I think we made Juventus look very good, especially in the first half. Um, I don't know what you think. I mean, would you have taken the draw before the game? And and what did you think of the performance?
0: I would have have taken that draw, yeah, definitely. But I think it's a draw with... uh, It leaves a bitter taste because of the first half. Because... uh, so, um, you know, in some games you would like to take result, but in other games you would also like to see something that gives you an indication that, okay, there's something being built, uh, something that you can look forward to. But in terms of Saturday, what I was left with, especially in the first half, that was a very disappointing first half. And uh, and uh, Mourinho... You know, uh, blamed the players for that. He said that he criticised the players heavily in first half. But it was first when we switched over to the you know four man defence that we got better control of the midfield. We dared to play uh, our game. I think in the first half we didn't do that, Uh, and the midfield was wide open. Uh, It it felt like there was a you know gap, essentially a gap between the defence. And, and the attack there was nothing there in between everything was just sliding through and uh, we were actually a bit fortunate not to go channel behind although it was a correct decision because uh they, they they completely uh destroyed us but what what makes me worry is that this is a very weak Juventus side that has been struggling they yeah. have been struggling to play well uh, they will been struggling to create you know anything uh, they haven't produced any performance, you know, worth uh, uh, worth noting. I mean, it's been disappointing. Juventus fans are angry with uh, Allegri, very disappointed with him. And then they come and then we come to, uh, you know, Turin and <laughs> they're having, uh, you know, what to me looks like a very good game. I mean, we make them look so good and... Um, I think it's down to the preparation, also. I think it's you can't just blame the players. You have to, it's it's, you know part of the preparation is how you go out there. If they fail to go out there, like man, especially considering you know the last game in January, how it can happen, you know, uh, twice. That's a bit uh, worrying, but yeah.
1: You know, the, there are those kind of games that we've seen Roma play in Turin, where it's looked like maybe the problem has been maybe the mentality or the players taking taking to the pitch with maybe a bit of fear or almost respecting Juventus too much, and then being blown out of the water by them. But I I, I didn't think that was the issue here in the first half. I don't, I don't think it was anything. At least to me, it didn't seem anything mental, and that's why I was a bit didn't really understand um, Mourinho. You know, bashing the players, but he might be doing that for other reasons. But it did seem that there was just something systematically isn't working. You know, and this uh, three five two one um, three four two one. Sorry, is yeah. just is just. I think you were saying it to me um, off the pod, but both in defence and attack, the midfield is getting like it gets skipped. You know, yeah. either we're, when we're when we're building up, you see often balls from Smalling or Ibanez to the to Abraham or DiBala, And when we're defending, um, you're seeing the other teams cross our midfield extremely easily, you know? Yeah. And, and to me, there's something structural. I don't know. I don't know exactly what it is. I don't know if it's maybe that Cristante and his partner, like Matic or whoever it is, can't cover enough ground or it's in attack. It seems intentional that he wants them to play it up front to Abraham, who's playing with his back towards goal to hold up the ball. Um, I don't know. There's something not not clicking, and and certainly with, uh, Karsdorp and Spinazzolo, who had quite bad games there against Juventus. You know, it also highlighted again the fullbacks are also not not working too well either.
0: Yeah, yeah, the, it, yeah. I, I completely. I, I think the the sidebacks uh, didn't have the best games, but also because, uh, I, I don't know. I, I would like to believe that it was. Coincidental that was against Juventus, but uh, Spina Sola he looked to me, you know, overconfident, and he was making silly mistakes. He couldn't even complete a simple pass, and that was a bit disappointing to see from uh, an experienced player who, you know, who, who's supposed to step up in these big games. So that was a bit uh, disappointing for me. But uh, what what I what also had issue is was, was that. If you see that something is not working in first half, you could try to adjust or send out a message to adapt. Uh, I mean, during the first half, I don't understand why you had to go to uh, halftime and then uh, give that special team talk to turn it around. Because it was also it was not just a team talk uh, halftime; it was also a tactical uh, change, which led to the players taking, I mean, the team taking command of the midfield. I think ultimately that was what turned the game uh, in our favor and, you know, which made us uh, create uh, chances, which we didn't do in first half. And we could have ironically even won the game with that chance uh, to the corner uh, towards the end. And yeah. what was also fun was that we basically almost neutralized Juventus in the second half because we dared to play our own game.
1: Yeah, I think that's definitely the positive to take, and it's a good point that you make about, you know, perhaps Mourinho doesn't need to wait in the f- in future games to have time to make those changes because I think already twenty minutes in was quite evident, uh, like like we were going to be lucky to get out of there with one nil or or even two nil. But um, but also credit where it's due, and it is promising that in the second half things did look better. So it shows we can play better and play to a certain level. Um, and ultimately, it's a good result, you know, to, to go away to Juventus early in the season and, and not lose and keep the unbeaten record going. It, ultimately, that is good. And, um, yeah, we just have to see, I think it's about a couple of weeks until we play Atalanta. So I think that'll be the next big test, you know.
0: Yeah, yeah, I, I completely agree. I Because the there could have been so many circumstances that could have, Completely gone, know, uh, against us, especially in the first half. Like, like we said earlier, here they could have gone two nil up, and then it would have been pretty much game over. Uh, but instead, we managed to to get the draw. And I think that you have to give credit to marino for for that as well, because he was able to make changes and turn things around uh, tactically, at least. And uh, that uh, that uh, that would have. Uh, I refuse to, see, I'm you know, trying to think how we would have done in previous years uh, in such a situation, especially in going down after, you know, before barely a minute had been played. Uh, it's such a big blow when you go out there so confident and then uh, you get a goal against you. But we have to also remember the Juventus we faced <laughs> during Conte and early Allegri years, the, end of the first spell. It was, uh, it, it was the best Juventus we've seen in a very long time. So coming up against the it, Juventus, it was, it, it was different. While now they are a struggling side. Uh, but uh, I do take the point. I, I, I do take the point. But, but I hope that in the future we can dare more. Especially uh, because you, you saw that Mourinho got to be careful. He didn't want to go for the win. Uh, and I don't want him to go for the win like Paulo Fonseca tried to do against Manchester United, Old Trafford. I mean, counterattacked against when you are two one up. But I mean, you can uh, you can keep playing with the four man defense because it was working. We had uh, the command uh, in the field. We we were playing well, and uh, I think when he put Cambol on, it was more like yeah, secure the draw. While I I would have tried to go for the three points. I don't know what you think. Yeah,
1: no, I think, I think you're right. I was a bit I was a bit disappointed when he did that almost immediately. I think he was scared to play against Vlahovic and uh, Milik uh, with a four-man defence. Yeah. But, but don't you think, and, and maybe this is what he's always done as a manager, but he's, he, I feel like he micromanages the season to an extreme degree, you know? Like yeah. everything with him does seem very tailored to who the opposition is and every like decision in a game seems very calculated. And whereas you might have other managers who are like more big picture thinking and trying to instill a broad style in the team and hoping that that is instilled well enough that you can overcome as many opponents as possible, you know, whereas I think Real yeah. Mourinho takes these things. I think he likes to prepare the finest details of everything, you know, and, and um, it's just the impression I got in that kind of sub of putting Kumbula on immediately and kind of, taking yeah. the draw here. I think it shows that he's trying to think, you know, that the season will be long, take a point at the Juventus stadium. Juventus will probably improve as the season goes. And maybe it's better to have played them now and not lost than to have played them later. But, yeah, um, yeah I think he, he, and also in this run up to the world cup is a lot of games. And I think it goes beyond the substitution of Kumbula, but he's really micromanaging the rotations as well. So, um, a bit disappointing, but I think he is trying to think in the long run here. Yeah,
0: yeah um, because I, I'm okay with that. Uh, it was just something that I, I thought was worth uh, discussing because um, it is, it's is—it's a valuable point, like you say, and uh, it, it gives the team a lot in psychological terms because you go there, you, you get away there uh, with one, one point, you go back to Rome with one point. But I don't want them to become overconfident uh because we've seen that it, it can happen with uh, with Roma that they uh they, they start thinking too big uh and start getting naive but i think Morini will be there to yeah to keep them grounded but I, i'm also happy that he he's not as naive as many other coaches who would have gone you know uh uh, all in and uh, try to win and then you would have lost. That would have been a big psychological yeah. blow. So, yeah. so I, I'm happy with the point. Disappointed first half, uh, better second half. Overall, happy with the point. Not so fully happy with the performance, but I think uh, given the result, acceptable. Um, also early in the season, so lots to improve. And uh, yeah, overall uh, uh, satisfying uh, match if you take everything into consideration but if you go go over to if you go to the Monza game Hmm. uh, it was yesterday Uh, we won 3-0 two goals by Paulo Dybala and uh, uh, one by Ibanez Um, I thought uh, I thought the result was good but uh, Perhaps that we played a bit too careful. Uh, you know, counter-attacking against Monza was not what I had uh, expected. But I think, uh, yeah, I, I'm happy against again with the uh, three points. Uh, the performance could have been better. Could have been more dominating, especially in terms of possession. We'll come back to that. Whether that was in intentional or whether it was as a result of Monza's start of play. But uh, but yeah, I'll take the three points. What about you?
1: Yeah, I, I think you're right. I think, again, but the result is good, but the performance still missing something. Um, it seems to me that it was intentional, the way that we played, because if it isn't intentional, then I'm, I'm surprised that a team that Monza have, which is okay team, but I, I can't believe they would dictate how the game is played to Roma. You know, we have very good players in that. So I think it was intentional. I think we defended very deep intentionally to pull their whole team as high up the pitch as possible. And that gave us a lot of space to run in behind. But, um, yeah, I think in general, we would... I think in general, when you watch your team play, you would like your team to have more of the ball and to to attack more freely and that. But... Um, I think he tailored it, to, once again, I would say he tailored it to what he probably thought were Monza's weaknesses and um, ultimately exploited that. And I would say I don't think we had any moment there that it looked like we were going to concede a goal. So once again, the defence is very good. I mean, no goals from open play so far this season albeit against weak teams but except Juventus. But yeah, um, yeah I, I, I think we don't really see a style as such developing but the results are good, obviously, in coming, so it's difficult, you know, you have to be satisfied but also you do have this feeling of of having wanting wanting more, especially yeah. with the players that we have, you know, Abraham, Dybala, Pellegrini, you you could imagine that being so free-flowing under a different manager, maybe.
0: Yeah, especially, especially when you mentioned that identity, I, I think we're still we get to see identity, I mean, what is this Roma trying to, you know, what's the philosophy what's what is the identity? How do they want to play? But for me, it seems like, yeah, now at least, it's it, it looks like we are, uh, our philosophy identity, especially being rock solid defensively, play down deep and try to look for opportunity. I mean, break, uh, I mean, you invite the opposition in your area and then you try to intercept and play a counterattack. I mean, ball all the way up to Abraham and then just expect some magic from the two or three up there, depending on who plays. For me, that seems like the strategy. I don't know if that is sustainable in the long run. I don't know if that is the right way to play with these players. But I must admit, if we keep winning and get i mean, get results, then I won't be complaining. But uh, I think it's easy to say because on on one side you would you you think that uh, it's not sustainable because you have to play in a certain way you have to dominate op- opposition because it's very ri- risky to play in this way when you invite opposition in your area especially that way you have to be very good in defence which we have been so far but you know like you said we have not faced the best of opposition and uh but preferably me personally I like a different type of football. Uh but uh I'm okay with uh, this football if it gets the results. But uh, uh yeah. We face Cremonese, Salernitana, and Monza uh plus Juventus, so we need to see more. Uh we need to see more before we can say what um know what the right way but and it's also difficult with football because there are different ways of doing things there's no best practice in how you want to how you want to achieve success there are so many different ways to do it that's what's also makes me open to uh, to this type of football uh, because uh, because honestly the defense have been rock solid I have uh, I mean Cremonese said they had a few Chances to score But yesterday Mozart They they have very I've never felt Threatened by them
1: No And you have to say I think you make a good point That there's many ways To to play football And Maybe in recent years People have become Kind of obsessed With studying Kind of the methods Of Guardiola Or Klopp And that kind of um, Very possession Based uh, Attacking football But Like you said There's no right or wrong answer As well And I think Mourinho for him What's fundamental Is to start from the back And make it as solid as possible and build on from there, which is really what got us the conference league title. So um, I would imagine as well that with like Bellotti, Abraham, Dybala, Zaniolo, Pellegrini, they will find a way to play with each other. And I think over time they will figure out how to do it. Um, If it'll be enough to to get something really good out of the season, I'm not sure, but um, I'm cautiously optimistic. Um, just hoping that it gets a bit better from here because I think I think I said it on the, one of the last parts but you can't you also can't struggle your way through every single game of a, a league campaign, you know. You've got to have some easy wins that happen a bit subconsciously. Um, I think at least last night the game was closed off pretty early and so we didn't have to put too much energy into it but we do need a few of those in a season. You can't like sweat every game 1-0, one, one you know.
0: Yeah, yeah. But I, I, I think that yesterday, especially at times, especially in second half, uh we had almost buried the game, you know, with two nil when we were two nil up. I, I don't think uh Monza really believed that they have would have any chance of turning it around. But I think there were periods in second half, even after Banner square that we played really good because we were we were good with possession, we played good. One touch football, you know, we moved the ball around uh, quickly and uh, we made Monza run between our players and that, that was satisfying to see and this is something that I believe that I want to see more of but perhaps it was it was more because the players of Monza had given up on the game and uh, as a result of that you didn't face the same energy uh, or the press that didn't press as high but uh, I think there are uh, there are moments in in all the games that I've been uh, that we play so far that have been good. Uh, there are good lots of, lots of positives to take uh, from each game. But I think we we must improve. And I would like to believe that yesterday's game uh, overall was. Uh, a sign, in, I mean, a step in the right direction because yes, it, 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 it was a better game than the Salernitana one. It was a better game than Cremonese, uh, And we got, you know, we have DiBala off the mark. Uh, and now we almost got Belotti uh, on the score sheet as well. Uh, I think he's still thinking to himself how he missed that chance. Mm-hmm. But yeah. I, I would like to also mention Zeki Celik because I think Celik had a really good game yesterday. Yeah,
1: I think, the fullbacks, I think he, the fullbacks improved the game in general. no? from yeah. contrast to the Juventus game,
0: yeah, but he was he was very solid. I mean, he 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 kept it easy. He was very good with the with with the ball. I mean, he went on possession. He was very comfortable. He make he made the right decisions. He his movement with the ball was was good. He moved into the right spaces to create you know uh, goal scoring chances. Uh, well, it with all due respect to Castor, I think sometimes he can be too one dimensional uh, in his play it's uh, too much pace, less uh thinking, so it's more running you know like like a train one one way back or yeah. forth on the side uh, while as for Zekicelic, i feel i felt that he offered something else he 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 offered uh a bit more intelligence, if I would like to say, because uh, uh, because I think it would be it would be very useful having him going for... And I'm not ruling out the fact that he could be a starter. I mean, if he keeps playing this way... Uh, no, nah, I mean, it's a small sample size. It's just one game where he started against Monza, the, uh, the weakest side in the league right now. So, but uh, I think he showed... Qualities that I think we will benefit from.
1: Definitely, I definitely agree with you there. I think he seems a much smarter player in general than Karsdorp, who I think uses more his physical attribute, his speed, really, to to create opportunities and space. And even a few times there, Chelik had he didn't connect with some of his crosses, but you know his crosses yeah. were in in the danger area at least. You know, like not, exactly. hit, not hit too long, not hit too short, and and at least somewhat accurate that if he does it again and again, he's going to find someone that time. So I was quite encouraged That's by that. him. And I think Zalewski also a uh, bit of an improvement on Spinozzola, who maybe, like Zaniolo, will maybe take a bit of time to come back to, to what he was. But it's good yeah. that we have so much depth, to be honest. So it's incredible. Yeah.
0: yeah, especially with the injuries coming. But I agree with uh, I, I agree with what you said about the crosses because Casa sometimes feels like when it comes when it's time to cross, he just crosses the ball in, you know, Uh, there's no thinking. Even if you see uh, only Abraham in the box, I mean, he just crosses it just to get rid of the ball. Well, as for uh, Celik, I saw it on several um, occasions yesterday. He stops up, you know, Passes the ball back to, let's say, Cristante, Pellegrini, and they start to build up again. And and other times, let's say yesterday, you saw Pellegrini coming, and he gave a really good. Uh, it was a pass, cross ball, yeah. Which uh, Pellegrini, uh, Pellegrini shot was good, but it was blocked by a defender. Really good uh, block, but that was also very happy, you know, to see because he offered something else and. Uh, yeah, so Zekicelic would be good. Zalewski, like you mentioned, uh, I like also his confident, his close control, really good, uh, and uh, he looks, you know, very confident on the ball. And uh, uh, I think it will be. Uh, I'm excited uh, going forward with uh, this type of depth because I can't. Bl- I can't remember having this type of quality players in this position uh, for such a, such a long time. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it feels like we've as long as I've been watching, I don't think we've ever had fullbacks of this quality. So it feels like it was a eternal issue having
0: quality we've had, but I don't think the depth. In the depth, yeah, quality we had. Well, Cafu, Candelà. I mean, that was uh, that definitely, was, yeah. yeah. But uh, but yeah, uh, so three points of uh, Monza. Uh, as uh, as per routine, I mean that's what to, uh, to expect. Now it will become a bit more tricky. We face Udinese uh, away. We have three games uh, on the road coming up. We have Udinese away. We have Ludogorets uh, in the Europa League in Bulgaria, and then we have uh, Empoli away. So three games. I don't think Mourinho will be happy with that, but. Uh, but I think these games will be also very important. And I and I'm very happy with like we say with the score, of Bellotti, you know, uh getting a few minutes. Um yeah, he will need a few probably need a month to get proper match fit. But um good time to rotate, especially in the Europa League, so exciting time. Hopefully we can take uh win three out of three. That will be the ultimate and an improvement in performance wouldn't hurt either. But if if we talk about even just mentioned Ludo Goretz, what do you think about the Europa League draw? So we're going to face, we're going to face uh, Real Betis uh, from Spain, very good side. And then Bulgarian champions, Ludo Goretz. And then the Finnish champions, Helsinki. Uh, uh, what do you make of the draw? Um you know, Do you know anything about these things? I'm, I'm sure you know something about Betis, but Real Betis probably the
1: only one. I mean, uh, honestly, I hadn't heard of the club from Helsinki and Ludogorets. I mean, just seen them pop up on a Thursday evening, you know, on uh, goal roundups yeah. and that kind of thing. But um, I mean, it's it's quite a good draw in a sense. But obviously, I think Betis have enough quality to be uh, challenging us for the first spot. And also, we have that we had that quite aggressive or violent preseason game we had against them last year. Um, so there's that. But I think uh, I think in general that's as much as you can hope for. We also have to understand that like it's a step up on the Conference League, so there is going to be a club now that will be a bit more dangerous than we had in our group last year. Although that being said, we made a bit of a it was a bit uh, difficult what we did last year in the group stages. Um, was quite but yeah. um, I think it's it's as much as we can we can hope for. And, and also, all those teams, even Betis, w- we can probably beat all of them with a second-string team, you know, like playing Belotti or El Sharawi, or, or Celic, or whoever it may be. Maybe yeah. it's passed up. But our squad should be more than fine to, to rotate and navigate that group, I think.
0: Yeah, yeah. Because Betis, they have started the league uh, really well this season. They're... They have won three out of three games in uh, in uh, La Liga, uh, and so they have a strong team. I think it will be uh, it will be a tough opposition. But I noticed, uh,
1: I noticed with Betis, they only finished eight points of Barcelona last season in, in fifth. So that's a decent yeah. decent team. It's not far bad. off a Champions League spot. So yeah, we have to be careful with them, of course.
0: Yeah, and they they have. Uh, uh, Fekir, who's really good. I really like him. Yeah. Yeah. The French... Uh, uh, the French, they have... Uh, yeah, So I, I think they have a good squad. I think that will be the tough. Obviously, that will be the toughest game. That will be the toughest opponent uh, in the game. I think the second toughest would be Ludo uh, I know that we, Romanissi, don't know too much about them. Uh, I... I know them... F- a Long time because I, I used to live in Bulgaria for four years, so I, I know a bit about them from that mm. time. They're, they're a small team from uh, Razgrad, which is uh, a city not so far from the Romanian border, I think about 150 kilometers from the Romanian border. On, uh, uh, yeah, what is it? So, yeah, north uh, east, uh, north yes. On in Bulgaria, so they they have won the Bulgarian league ten years in a row. Before that, they had never been in the top decision, uh, the top division. They were a team that was uh, bought by a pharmaceutical company uh, with the Bulgarian Domushiev, who is the owner. So, invested quite a lot in this team, which is unreal for, which is not so common for Bulgaria. You have CSKA Sofia, which is the biggest club there, won most titles. And all of a sudden you have a team which gets promoted from the second division, wins the double, the cup and the league. And they won the league in yeah every year since 2011, 2012. So, uh, but they used to be better. They used to be good uh, around 2013, 2014, and the year after because they played in the Champions League then. And, uh, I, yeah, like I said, we don't know too much about them, but I think Latvia know a lot about them because they got knocked out by Ludogorets in the Europa League in 2013-2014. Mm. I remember that uh, because it was a hot topic uh, in Bulgaria. But it's a team wh- which had a lot of Bulgari- you know, Brazilians back then and had a really good squad. But now they, they have not been able to... Uh, they have not been able to, you know, build on that. So... F- where at one point it seemed like a failure when they didn't qualify for cha- Champions League. Now it's, it feels like they are at a level uh, which is uh, the Europa League. But they are a better club than CSKA Sofia. I think they will pose a bigger threat or be a bigger, a tougher opposition than CSKA Sofia because they they are a better side. But it, it's definitely a side that we should overcome over two okay. games. Yeah, but maybe and,
1: not. Maybe not to underestimate them. Like yeah, team.
0: not to underestimate yeah. it because they have uh the I mean if those who follow Serie A they have Kirill Despodov I think who play for Cagliari. He he plays mm. for them now. So yeah, he's an interesting player. Didn't really uh become a success at Cagliari, but a good player. And then they have some yeah random players, Brazilians, a very multicultural score. Uh with the Slovenian coach who I don't know so much about. So I don't know so much about it, but I know enough to say that we should, uh, we should uh, beat them. And then uh, Helsinki, I think it will be, uh, it will be the, by far the, the easiest opponent. And they don't, they, they don't really have any quality uh, to be, to, to to threaten any of the teams in the group. I think, um at best they will probably take a point or two, uh, otherwise they they will finish rock bottom with zero points. That wouldn't surprise me. So that's mm. that's what I think about the Europa League draw.
1: That's interesting. I'm looking forward to it again, playing in Europe as conference league champions and um yeah, but sounds a manageable group, so yeah, looking yeah. Forward to it, yeah.
0: Yeah, should we take the question, but should we also give a big shout out to Diawara, who has just been sold to, officially been sold to Anderlecht? Yes, finally. Best news of the day. <laughs> Best news of the day. Yes, it's a shame. <laughs> Especially how it after, after it. the Klufurt, uh transfer didn't go through.
1: Yeah, Indeed. Uh, and I saw Calafiore as well left, but uh, less important than Diawara. But um,
0: yeah, I think he needed yeah. to go away because uh, he, he he needs to get away from the environment of Italy and Rome. To, yeah, to 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 launch his career. And I, th- I think Roma did well to to recommend. I hope they recommended Basel because it's, a, it's it feels like the right club to go to instead of going to Serie B or some other thing because he could really work his yeah. way into uh, back to Italy sooner or yeah. later. Should we yeah. take the questions? Yes, let's go for it. Uh, there's one question from At The Bridge Pod, some Chelsea football Club podcast. Has there ever been a new signing more suited to become a Roma legend than Paolo Di Bala?
1: Well, um, I can only really think of Edin Dzeko when we signed him and and think like, you know, he seemed at the time when we signed him to be someone who could become quite iconic, you know. Um cool. but Debala is yeah, probably probably got all the potential there. Um yeah. but I'm cautious as well. I wanna see how it goes. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I'm, nah, I'm not cautious,
0: me. I, I'm I'm really confident I think he offers his team a lot and you saw it yesterday. Yesterday I was like, it's it's done, this guy is the real deal. Yeah. I'm just I'm just afraid of the injuries but I think apart from yeah. that uh yeah but uh, for me Batistuta uh that was around that time when I was a new Roma fan for me mm. Argentinians you uh, know <laughs> Yeah yeah Argentinians
1: something, something about South Americans in general always a bit yeah. iconic I think I don't know
0: Yeah definitely I think uh, Batistuta uh Cassano was one I was really excited about Cassano uh, yep. apart from that uh, also the ones that didn't work
1: out, maybe like um, I was really excited about Iturbe and um obviously that went
0: incredibly yeah, badly, yeah. but um but yeah yep. yeah they 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 were there were they were heavy investment at that time, mm-hmm. uh um, chic would be heavy investment even now but yep. uh but yeah, Casano, Batistuta for me Yeah. I would agree with that. then. Yeah, Luciano, Luciano is my lucky, something like that. Just a happy Roman family. Stay happy. Hopefully they will be happy throughout the season. Uh, it was just a comment there. And then we have uh, Fonsequismo, European champion. Uh, Chelik or Karstorp? I think we mentioned, we discussed that. For me, right now, Karstorp, because he has been in the club more, I think Celik would need a bit of time. To fully adapt to a new league it 's early to say whether he'd be ready, but i 'm not ruling out the possibility that Chelik would become a starter eventually, and i wouldn 't have any problems with that if he keeps playing the way he did
1: yeah I'd agree with that. I think for now is probably the starter, but i I think Chelik will be by the end of the season
0: yeah uh, and then we have uh, John uh with a question who says. Clavert as a sub for injured El Sharawi? Uh, question mark.
1: Um, for me no. I think we have to kind of like I think that ship has sailed um, with Clavert. I think he's a decent player, but I would I would rather give minutes to someone like Fulpato. Um Also, we're talking about players quite down the ladder here, and I think I would even try change the formation a bit. Uh, but I, I don't think there's much space for Clavert.
0: Yeah, I mean, it, I think it's more likely that uh, uh stays on and uh, plays yep. that role. Clover has more or less burnt the bridge. Uh, there's no way back.
1: Yep, I agree. Especially there, the yeah.
0: way he, like you said, the way he tried to, you know, uh, pressure a uh, move away uh, because he only wanted Fulham, which is fair enough, but that didn't go through. So yeah, for me, Clover. It would be difficult. Uh, he would, for me, for him to come back into the squad, he would have to completely change his attitude, his work rate. He has to become a new person. He has to convince Mourinho that he has, uh, yeah, uh, he has, you know, completely changed, which I don't see uh, happening. So then we have the Scott Scott, Mon- uh, the host Scott Monroe, who says, "Did the pitch look bad as it did from the?" Curvanoid thought uh, thought on Mati so far. I thought he was outstanding yesterday. Grazie Roma.
1: Hmm, the pitch looks a bit dry, I think, but there has been quite a drought in Italy, in Europe in general. But um, yeah, but look... they,
0: they watered the pitch, don't they? I think I don't know if that's the problem.
1: I guess, yeah, but um, I'm not sure. It, it does look dry, and yeah. I think Mourinho did complain about it already last season. So I think he has yeah. issues with how it's managed. Um, yeah, yeah, it, it was a problem. Um,
0: but but it's it's a bad pitch. We can agree on that. Yeah, definitely. It's a, yeah. it's a bad pitch. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. on Matic. Matich was good. Matic was uh, for me. Matich was really good. He was confident. Uh, he he was really solid with possession, calm, collected. I think his presence in midfield and the way he moved the ball around uh, in terms of passes, I think, uh, gives the team, um, you know, peace of mind. They get confident. Uh, less chances, uh, less risks of panicking. So uh, I thought Matic was really good as well, yeah. Yep, I'd agree with everything you said there. Yeah. Very impressed. So now we have uh, Daniel Silva, Big Danny Silva, with a good question, always good question from Daniel Silva. Do you think Mourinho is already managing games due to high-volume games in a few weeks by conceding possession and sitting back in some parts of the game? It's a very, it's a very good question. It's, it's a really difficult question because it's really difficult to answer whether it's intentional or or, or it's uh, it's because your opposition plays in a certain way and pushes you back. I don't know what you think.
1: Yeah, it could be a bit of both. Although I think, like we said a bit earlier, uh, well, like I said, I think to a large degree it's intentional. And I think he is trying to manage the season really on a micro level. But um, Yeah, yeah. Whether that will pay off long-term remains to be seen. But obviously, so far, it's gotten the results. But I think it's true what um, Daniel is saying. I think he is uh, starting to manage. um, Because of the fixture list, there'll be a lot of games. I think he has to be mindful of how much energy to exert in in all these games. But um, if we can have a few more games like last night, where we maybe dominate, not dominate, but we close the game out early, I think that'll help a lot.
0: Yeah, but I think I think the next few weeks or even months could uh, could answer that question. But I think it's it's difficult yeah. unless mm, unless we get something from from inside which reveals the truth. So over to the last question: uh, Don't you think Pellegrini is more use, useful to the Roma build up in the midfield? We really suffer from Juve's pressing on Saturday, and I think keeping Lola lower lower in the mid in the field maybe in a more traditional 3 5 2 could help us a lot is, a lot is a lot in matches against stronger sides. That's also a really good question. It's a good follow-up question to the previous question because come back to it's obviously a problem uh and which a lot of fans have identified uh, the midfield how to to close the space in midfield uh and here's a suggestion from un kimiko uh, who suggests that you know dropping Pellegrino uh, deeper in the midfield uh, could uh, close out some of the space. What do you think about that? It's difficult because I think he does
1: offer the most when he plays behind Abraham, like he was doing last season. But I think what the question is getting at is, like, mm-hmm. is there some way to help or improve upon Cristante? But in my opinion, at least... Um, and I think that would help, especially in the bigger bigger games. You know, he might need that kind of support, Cristante and Matic. Because um, I think fundamentally, Cristante was a player who used to play higher uh, up the pitch and closer to goal when he was playing in Benfica and um, even with Atalanta. And yeah. When he came to Roma, he's been moved around. He's played centre-back. He's been kind of given this role of playing deep and um, sometimes being expected to build the ball up from deep, and I don't think that's him. So he's still a bit of a question mark. I think he's a good player, but he needs some kind of support or he needs the right system to get the most out of him there. Maybe yeah. with the signing of Kamara, who I think was announced yesterday, maybe yeah. there's a bit more energy as well next to him, can help him cover more of the pitch and can also make a few more forward runs where he can look forward and play that pass quicker, and, but a shorter pass, you know?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that's a good point because I think ultimately what it comes down to is uh uh is that we in one way or another need to take more command of the midfield. I think that's what that's what we have been lacking yeah. in the game so far. I mean, we have not taken command of the midfield as a unit, uh, but also individually uh, performance-wise uh, by some of the players. They've been good either you know, going forward by some of the players or defensive by other players, but not as a unit. And Kamara, um, who, who who has come, was a 25 year old Guinean midfielder coming f- on loan from Olympiakos with an option to buy uh, from what, I, what my guys over uh, Greek friends told me about him is that he's a fast player with lots of energy and he comes, uh, he comes uh, from Olympiacos, having been not in the best form last season, but he used to be. He used to, he, his best form was one and a half years ago, and uh, but he's also a player who's been wanting to leave for for some time. That could have been that could have affected some of his performances, but he he comes with much needed energy in midfield, especially after we lost lost Vinaldo. So I think he could become a surprise uh, addition in midfield with the qualities he uh, possesses. And I think he's a player who could uh, be a player that Mourinho will become a big fan of.
1: Yeah, sounds promising, yeah.
0: Yeah. So that was the last question. And uh, that was everything from this time... Daniel, thank you for joining uh, and doing this pod in the absence of the host Scott. uh, But I think we, I think we did it. uh, I think we did okay. I think uh, he'll be happy (laughs) with our performance. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. No, thanks. Always a pleasure. And we hope uh,
1: Scott enjoys and and is back to to running the the show in a few
0: days. Yeah. Thank you. So the usual, just follow the podcast on social media, subscribe to, and yeah, share it with your followers, like, subscribe, share. And yeah, Forza Roma. Ciao. Ciao.